Hit us with a clap, man. Good morning. Damn. Good afternoon. So you know, if I'm talking to a Damn. woman, it's not a pause. If I'm telling you, hit us with the clap, that's definitely a pause. I don't think anybody. Why is that a pause? Clap in 2022, bro. So I would love for my wife to hit me with the clap. With her ass claps? Oh, okay. With the ass clap. Oh, I'm old. I'm old. Yeah, I'm old. Make so. a clap. <laughs> like, you want your old lady to you give me the clap? Like, what the fuck? Oh, you talking about the disease clap? No, I don't want that. No, you no. You don't want that clap. Man, yeah. never mind, man. Let's go ahead and get ruined started. It, ruined the moment. Ruined the left. moment. You know, and i tell you why. You know, i tell you how the moment got ruined. Because you guys have not sipped your coffee from your cheat code. <laughs> and they're available a, well, at the cheat code, cheat code website. website. Cheat code podcast. Yeah. Cheat code podcast. If you didn't know that. And they're available on our social media. So if you follow, get the cheat code on Instagram, mm-hmm. you could visit our store, buy t-shirts, hoodies, baby onesies, mouse pads, cell phone cases. You said baby onesies. Yeah. They got the wow. little onesies for the baby with the okay. cheat code logo on it. In case you want to raise, you know, a young mobile. You never know. Get them started young. Absolutely. Are you, are you drinking sweet tea? Unsweet. I mean, yeah, my bad. Are you drinking your tea? With extra lemon, I am. Unsweet tea with extra lemon. Yes. I wonder if we can, yes. if, if, like, are there are there any, like, pregnant women that are, like, are in the music business and <laughs> they put the headphones on the baby with oh, the yeah. podcast and let the baby listen to the yeah, podcast? Yeah, why wouldn't they? I hope so. Yeah, If anybody is letting their baby that's in development listen to the podcast, make a video, tag us in it. I want to see that. I want to know. Who, I, we want to follow the journey. What, what if the baby comes out cussing? Yo. Then name it Wendy. Yes. Oh, man. Chico. King of Diamonds, huh? Yeah. Speaking about making a clap. KOD. Make them, make them, make them clap. Speaking about this. making a clap. Don't they got like crab legs on Sunday or something out there? Yeah, they Saturday? do a crab leg uh, day party. Crab leg day party. Like unlimited crab legs or something at the tip yeah. bar. Yeah. It's super dope. So go out there and As if the spread naked, some legs and crack some legs. There we go. As if the naked women don't draw them in. Let's give them food, too. Can I tell you something? That club is the size of a fucking Walmart. There's not enough naked <laughs> women in the world. Have you been inside the King of Diamonds on the south side? It's huge. No. It's really big. It's, like it's right by the airport. Tall. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's like literally it's the size a of a wall. There's a studio yeah. in there. You can get a haircut in there. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. It's size. got like a. Well, you, uh, uh, eat. you can eat. You can have there. sex with the little play doh yes. in there. There's a play toy girl in there. You can. Yeah, sorry. Um, wow. Well, do they sanitize that? Anyways. I don't want to know. You can get a haircut in there too, though. Like, And their barber is fire. Uh, can you and their haircut while you're having sex with a toy? I don't know. That's a lot. That's the super VIP. How come that's not a pause? Yeah. Okay. Should be. I don't know. Yeah. But shout out to King of Diamonds. <laughs> shout, shout out to the guys over there. Waleed and all them. Don't they have the King of Diamond radio show? Yeah, I believe they do that on Yeah, Thursday. they have the King of Diamond radio show. And, and you know, they got a lot of Amazing. stuff going on They're a brand. There. And they're on the South Side. Not a lot of big strip not a lot, clubs yeah, on the South on Side. on the South Side. That yeah. shit is really that's big. That shit okay. Is Let's focus real quick. Uh, what's the best piece of advice another person has given you in the industry? Let's focus. Crab legs on what day on at Kenny yeah. Diamonds? That's the best oh, advice shit, I've heard. Man. The best advice somebody has ever given me in the music business? Take- I didn't take it. They told me to quit. <laughs> <laughs> the people that I love the most, the people that I respect the most, I've ignored the number one <laughs> unanimous piece of advice that I've ever been given is walk away, bro. And I refuse to because I'm, I'm stubborn like that. But that's God's honest truth, man. That's the best advice. Yes, the best advice. It was advice. not heated, I, I, I but it never was the best advice. It. And I, I'd probably... God only knows what I could have been or what I would be right now if I wouldn't have to dedicate yeah. so much of my time to this. But definitely, man. And if, if I can give you guys a piece of advice, man, to take to take home with it is research. It's the only find the ones that you think did it right and figure out what they did and then make it better. And how you can apply it today. Yep, because it don't look at what they did five years ago, 10 years ago and try to recreate it, recreate the thought or the lesson behind it. 
Meaning, Absolutely. meaning, if DJ Khaled struggled for ten or fifteen years and then used Snap to to break, I'm not saying go break on Snap. I'm saying find a new technology that's just about to break, embrace it, and and follow the idea, not the path. And, and I would say, and I would say, go a little bit deeper than that. Uh, you know, we use DJ Khaled for example. Yeah. We understand that in order for DJ Khaled to get to that point, remember, this is the same guy that was an extra in the Shadas movie, which is a hood right. classic. Yeah. This is right. the same guy that had the Arab Pirate attack. Radio. Pirate Radio Station. It was the Arab attack. And then yeah. played that into a relationship with Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. Yes. Was the mediator for those guys in Florida. So parlayed that into a bigger relationship. So You saw the rise. I so saw now, it. if you want to replicate Khaled, it's not a beat. It's not a hot rapper. It's infrastructure, it's yeah. learning, it's the evolution of a the DJ yes. who now has made himself a marketing machine. It's Shaquille O'Neal's the greatest salesman the world has known. He's literally marketed and managed by the same people that sell the Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley estate. Like Shaq is our number one salesperson. This is a basketball player who had no intention of being the number one car insurance salesman in the world <laughs> with the general right. and some of the other stuff that he's done. So, you know, hey, man, um, research, bro. I don't have a best piece of advice, but I do have advice that were given to me from people that I admire. <clears throat> One of them I can highlight, I never forget. It, it always rings in my head when I wake up. Greg Street told me when I was, I felt like that was like my college when I was with him. I was with him for a year and a half. Uh, he was mentoring me and he told me. Shout out Greg Street. He said, I will never let you fail and make sure you surround yourself around people that will never let you fail. Hmm. And um, that's never left my mind. That's why I surround myself around. You literally just told me that, uh, what, over the weekend, you said, I will not let you fall. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I'm literally taking his advice. And that's just something that I wanted to share. Yeah. You know, when you have, when you're having relationships to people like a great You literally told me that, I think it was, what was it, Monday? Saturday or it Sunday? It was Monday. Monday? It's Monday. Like, awesome. a, you know, with a bigger ranking or, or with a J Tech or with a Wendy and I Day. Won't or with uh, you know, a Devin Steele or any of these guys, having relationships in this business is the key to longevity in this business. Mm. Being able to know what some person does, being able to speak them up in conversations, the, the, that reference is very powerful. Oh, I know somebody that can get this done for you, and if you're a man or a woman of your word and you get it done, then they start to think that those are the people that help you get it done, so they get that same respect, so. um. Work like nobody owes you nothing. And I think everybody will give you everything. True. If you work like nobody owes you nothing, then everybody will give you everything because the people, it's like, again, I'll give you guys an example, prime example of that. When we were going to the clubs doing the street team, it's impossible to park in Atlanta in a, in a club. <laughs> park for free. We would get to the club and the, the securities and the valets would respect our work so much that they would allow us to park the rap vans in the front. They would hold parking for us. Yeah. They would text, y'all coming to the club tonight? If not, we're going to sell this spot. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that was out of love and respect for what we had going like, damn, every time I see y'all, y'all working, man. So, I, you know, I make sure y'all can get y'all job done. Right. So just, you know, a, a small example of how doing what you have to do is never going to go unnoticed by the people that matter. Let me chime in real quick. Valet uh, in Atlanta, I supply them with Ferrari Simmons hats. I supply them with Ferrari, Sim Ferrari Simmons merch. Mm -hmm. When it's cold, I give them Ferrari Scullies. They always are supplied with gear, mm -hmm. and I never have to pay the part. I think I those are the, the to me. Ever having a relationship with the DJ outside of the club 
is more important than having a relationship with the DJ inside the club. Agreed. And to me, the Agreed. lady that works the door, the security guard that pats people down, and the guy at the front that's going to watch your car are the three most important people yes. that you need to have so that you can jump up, get out, leave the keys, walk through the front door. If you're going to get patted down, they're going to hit you with the one-two. You're going to walk by the front door and you're going to do this. Then when you get in the club, what you do is on you. But if you got to sit out there and, oh, I'm going to try to park here and I'm going to do all this extra shit. And, I mean, can you call the promoter to get in for me? And, oh, you see me every week. Why we got to go through this every week? Every week the promoter right. act like he don't know you, bro. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's how I ended up building a relationship with Sue, through my relationship with T-Money. But every She's time I went to a club with AG or T-Money or whatever, Sue was at the front. So whenever when, when Sue Solo started doing her clothe the homeless, guess who would show up to go volunteer? You. Yes. I got you with a yeah. whole crew of people. Yeah. Oh my God, Kingpin. Hey lady, I love what you got going on, but I want you to remember this face so that when I walk up to an AG event on New Year's Eve and it's a thousand dollars a head, come on Kingpin, let's go. You want to laugh? Sue Solo used to charge me and I would work because she didn't know me well enough. She would charge me. I would have to literally stand to the side and get someone who knew me. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you tell Al to tell her I'm good? Mm -hmm. And he would have to, after the fourth time, I started pulling up the things she had going on. Yep. So she saw my face. Mm -hmm. And built a relationship. And it, you know, it works, man. Exactly. It works it so much. And you know what? And I still will pull up to her events and still buy bottles and still get a section and still, because I want her to know that I support her for what it is that she does more so than the access that I get. By supporting her, I get yeah. access by default. So it's a win-win. Okay, Wendy. What do we do when we make mistakes? How do we fix them? First, we admit it. And then we apologize for the mistake that we made. And then we figure out the best way to fix it. And it could be as simple as asking the person, what can I do to fix this? What can I do to make up for this? And they'll tell you. And then do it. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're going to make a mistake. Understanding how it is that, that mistakes are corrected is going to be one of the most important lessons that you learn from making a mistake. You know, I, I still do it. When I upload records, I may, and I hate doing this process. So when I upload a record, I try to be meticulous with it and I don't want to come back because I'll forget to register something. Right. Or I'll fuck around and register the clean as the dirty and then have to go in and resubmit and then send an email and the whole process. So being ignorant to all of that would make it that much more difficult to create the process or to, to correct the error. So, you know, on the front end, there are a lot of things that I require before I'm able to touch a record because I understand that having to go back in is a favor to update it. But having to go back in to fix it could be a fucking abortion. It, it could destroy whatever working relationship I have with that particular DSP or that point of contact because problems never happen at the right time. They always happen at the wrong time. That's always. why they're problems. That's why they're problems. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, understanding how to fix the many errors that you're gonna make because you're gonna make them every single day. That's called growing, that's called learning. Yes. You don't learn from being perfect, you learn from making mistakes. That's and, why we say fail and, fast. And exactly, fail, fail fast. fast. And, and we're always tired because we're always doing a lot. So when we're uploading music, for example, we're not doing it at a time where we're at 100%. It's a list of one of 30 things that we're doing Correct. within an hour. So the chances of error are great. Yeah. And when you make an error, you you fix it. You take responsibility. And, and when somebody when somebody is on the other side, when somebody makes a mistake in my world, I look at their intention. Is this somebody that 
is normally great at what they do or is this somebody that's trying to fuck up my shit? Because there's two different peoples that, people that make errors in my world. Are these people there's that make a mistake or are they incompetent? That, and there's that's people a, that do it purposely, like let me fuck up your shit. Right, they're saboteurs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it really depends on which lane you're in. If you're a person and you genuinely made an error, just admit it and and do the best you can to fix it. If you're somebody that's a little on the douchey side and you're making a mistake to fuck somebody up, expect to incur the wrath of that. What's mm-hmm. defined as a mistake? Maybe forgetting something that's not, not setting correct. a reminder. It's just not overlooking correct. Overlooking something. Overlooking yeah. something, forgetting something. Yeah. Okay. I forget shit all the time. Yeah. And as I get older, it happens more and more and more. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just, I just wanted a, a, a clear understanding of what yeah. it is by mistake. All right. Question of the day. Oh, actually, no. Let's backtrack. Big meeting advice for artists. So, oh, for example, an artist has a big, important meeting. What are some do's and don'ts? <gasps> I love this. R&B artists, hip-hop artists, just yes. artists. Can, can I back Managers. It up? Can I back it up one step? Like it's how to world. approach people? Yeah. I think the way you approach people to get to that big meeting really matters because if you're going to develop a relationship and all you have access to is the digital world, meaning you don't see me in person or Ferrari in person or Kingpin in person and you have to reach out to us, do some research on us first, you know. Look, go through Instagram, dig, dig deep. Don't just look at two pictures. Go in, read captions, do a deep dive, go to LinkedIn, hit the link in the bio, figure out who the person is that you're reaching out to, and you won't even need to figure out how to reach out to that person. It will become clear to you when you've done enough research. And then once you are reaching out to them, don't send them a 16-page email on what you require, reach out, tell them who you are, tell them what you need, and then ask them what you can do for them. And this is a great way to build a relationship. I had a guy reach out to me yesterday um, from watching the cheat code, and he just came so correct that I did a Zoom meeting with him. And I spent an hour with him on the phone learning about what he does. He learned about what I do. And at the very end, he said, Wendy, what do you need? And I told him what I needed, and he supplied two people that can help me. It was such a beneficial call for me, and I went into this call thinking, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn half an hour of my time. I didn't burn any time. It was so productive. rewarding and productive. When you get to that meeting that you have with somebody, don't come smelling like we, don't come with 50 million people, come by yourself, be professional, sit in that meeting if you're uncomfortable Tell them you're uncomfortable. I met with somebody yesterday who was who had been wanting to meet me for a long time. And when he met me, he told me right up front, give me a minute. I'm shaking and I'm nervous. So I made jokes. I told him about things that I had done wrong in the past to make him laugh. And then he was fine. And then we could move forward. But if you sit there and you're uncomfortable and all you're thinking about is, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. I'm so uncomfortable. You're missing the meeting. And you're not getting your needs met, so it's a waste of time. So just be honest or be partially honest, as honest as you can be, and and tell the person exactly what you're looking for from them so they can tell you whether they can do it or not. And then at the end, offer them whatever you can do. Do you have free time and you can and you can help them? Do you know somebody that you can introduce them to that could help them? You know, 
you've got something in your network that can help everybody. So mm -hmm. figure out what it is, make yourself invaluable to that person, and then you can even maybe get to a point where you're part of their inner circle because you've become valuable to each other. Mm. It's a two-way street. Mm. Um, I don't Killed know. I just, that. <laughs> Top that motherfucker. Be prepared. I think, <laughs> I think most people, when they walk into a meeting, you know, if you're going to go sit down with a distributor, what questions do you have for your distributor? You know what I mean? Like, how long before I give you the record till you <clears throat> upload it? Are you going to give me access to upload it? How do I upload it? What? How long does it take for it to go through your system? Who do I need to contact? So, you Maybe know, write me, them down, right? right? Like in your phone or on a piece of paper? a set of questions of what it is that you want to Because you'll forget. Do. Who it is that you're walking into a meeting with? You're walking into a meeting with a, a radio promoter? What are going to be the questions that you're going to ask? What radio, what markets are we starting in first? What radio stations are we starting with first? So that I can understand how to start, you know, doing my other research so that as I'm asking questions, I'm making it seem to the people that I'm asking for an opportunity, they now feel more comfortable presenting me with this opportunity because I'm versed with how the opportunity works. And I think, you know, it's like when you walk into a conversation with a distributor, whether it's STEM or Empire or whoever, and you get on a Zoom call with them, number I don't care who you are, they all think that you're ignorant. They think that you don't know the different versions of the songs. They're gonna, they think you don't know 21 Days. They think you don't know 14. They think you don't know Split. They think you don't know any of that. So they talk to you like that. So if you're not equipped to answer any of those questions that they may ask or to ask those questions that to, for, to let them know you mean business, they're going to dismiss you, which is going to make that meeting seem more and more pointless, you're going to feel, mm. it's going to be like, man, I, what did I come here for, bro? You're saying be prepared. I'm I love that. Be you're saying be prepared. Yeah. Yes, yes, be prepared. Definitely. I love that. Man, it's going to help you. It'll help you. I don't have you. nothing to add. That's great. It, yeah. It'll help you, which it is, you know, <laughs> for real. That's good. You're not going to win the, the season at, on the first game. Just say ditto. So. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah, ditto. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Question of the day. Mm -hmm. Dear Wendy. Oh, God. I'm a manager. And my artist is currently dealing with a lot of anxiety issues. Ooh, What's your process for dealing with performance anxiety? Any tips? Kingpin and Ferrari, please chime in too, because I love how you guys have different perspectives. Yeah. So, wow. Um, and it said there's performance so many anxiety. anxiety yeah. So you basically just... Getting on stage. And just to like, perform. Yeah. Um, and that's important. So the best way to overcome a fear is to do it. Talk about what your fear is. I'm afraid to get on stage. I'm afraid I'll drop the mic. I'm afraid I'll fall. I'm afraid I'll look bad. I'm afraid people will boo me. You have to verbalize what your fear is and then you have to do it anyway. Realize that what you're worried about isn't going to happen and then that fear will go away. If it's a debilitating fear, I would either take the artist for therapy or I would get them hypnotized so that that fear was no longer debilitating. I wonder how many Because it might be a real fear. How many professional basketball players you think have anxiety of performing? All of them. The one, on the professional level, the ones that get out there all are of scared of performing? Well, not performing, but I think all of them, it, it, at some point it's muscle memory, but I think all of them fear fucking up. Right. I mean, every meeting you go into or I go into, don't you have a little bit of nervousness that you might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing? If and not, I, then I, I'm, I say all, it's me. I say all that to say this. At, at some point in time, there has to be a criteria for being a professional. 
And if I know an artist that are terrified to perform, that they record records and they stand on the side of the stage, they would rather see a club react to it or go stand in a section and jump up and down when the record comes out than get on the stage and have the light shine on them. And that's, that's become, in my experience, it's because that person doesn't believe in what it is that they're creating. Because if somebody is proud of what it is that they have, they're going to show it off to the world. And mind you, I'm speaking from a perspective, I was on the road when Lil Baby went on the street and greet. So I seen the first four or five shows where he performed behind security. And then I seen Bigger, he looked at Bigger, he told security to move and he walked out there and I seen him walk out there and at that moment it was like, oh, this kid's gonna be a fucking star. So I don't think it was performance anxiety. I think a lot of these guys, have, if they do have performance anxieties because they know they're not prepared, they don't know how to perform, number one. Number two, they, know what they're, they don't know how to perform the content they've created. Most artists, when they go in the booth, they chop that shit up. It's very few artists that go through and give you one take. So they, they record and hit the, the, hit the, the, the and punching in, and then they, you expect them to get money to go on stage and spit that shit fluently. A lot of them can't do that. They know they can't do that because they're not prepared for that. So one of the ways to combat anxiety, anxiety in, in essence means uncomfortable. So if this person is uncomfortable on stage, that means they haven't performed enough to get comfortable. And, and to yes, I think Michael Jordan, every time he got on the court, he didn't want to make a mistake. That's a difference between being worried about making a mistake. Right. So right. he did what right. he had to do not to make mistakes right. versus because not being worried about being worried about making a mistake, you're going to make a hundred of them right. because you're not focusing but on the But it's also task. normal to worry about. Correct. Yeah. It, but to be prepared. So if an artist it is suffering from anxiety, anxiety, we need open mics. We need that if an artist is having a hard time performing on stage, build some relationships with some DJs, get in the booth and let the artist have the microphone, that barrier inside the inside the DJ booth could be just enough oh, the to help them zone. get, yeah, safety zone, yeah. it's like a comfort zone. Okay. And then maybe move the way they perform. Before they throw them on a stage, let's get them in some sections with some of their people and let them stand on the couch. Maybe let them perform without a mic. Go up there and lip sync and just stand on the stage without having their voice and kind of transition them into, nobody is ready to perform, bro. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Nobody comes out the gate, it's like nobody comes out the womb ready to run. Nobody comes out the booth ready to perform. That comes over time, bro, and that's why you do all of these open mics. Remember back in the days, we they made, it was in every movie, whenever you seen somebody at home that thought they were a singer, what were they doing? They were in the mirror with, with a the brush, hairbrush. and they were singing, <laughs> and they were doing that, and, and right. you know, rehearsal studios are all mirrors for that same reason, right. for you to see how you look. I don't like the way this looks, I don't like the way that is, and that comes from not being prepared. I think a lot of the anxiety that we have comes because we know we're not prepared. We know we're not ready to do what the fuck we're trying to do. Artist development. Mm. You have to prepare. Um, I have yeah. been hosting the pet rallies in my high school. I would have to talk in front of the entire student body mm. to a point where when an opportunity came to me when we had to do Streets Fest and it was 10,000 people. I had no problem talking to a large group. I'm actually... I'm actually more nervous speaking into a group like it's like eight people in here. I'm a, I would be more nervous speaking in a smaller group of people than a whole bunch because I can't focus on one person. Um, and then when my biggest concert that I did was twenty thousand people, mm. and it was cool, but I I practiced, and you have to practice. So you guys basically nailed it. I, I really didn't have nothing to say besides just. I think I, when you're in front of twenty thousand people, you're performing. I think when you're in this room, you're talking, and and the reason you would feel more reserved is because you don't want to say anything to either alienate or offend anybody in this intimate setting. 
Mm. When you're on a stage in front of 20,000 people, you're not talking about how you feel. Raise your hands, bitch, where the bitches at? Where the Sergio? Where Sagittarius is at? That's what you're doing. But when you're in here, we're talking about real life. We're talking about saying things that, that are respectful to the women in the room as well as the young brothers in the room. So, you know, it's, again, it's, it all comes to words and how we use them. You know what I mean? And this is something I seen the other day. We're talking about how do you fix an error. When you come in to a meeting, instead of telling a motherfucker, I'm sorry for being late, try telling them, thank you for waiting. Mm, like that. It's words and how we use them and how we insert them in our dialogue is what ultimately gives off our energy, man. It's what we trick ourselves with our words. Man, that's going to be impossible. And then you move through that process. And then when you get halfway through it, you're like, oh, man, this is a fucking breeze. So it's, it's how you go into anything, meetings, conversations, preparations, performances, man. It's find a way that works for you. Find the positive in it mm. and focus and find a way to build on that. I think most times we, I'm not ready to perform. Or, or maybe instead of saying I'm not ready to perform, I need to, I need to, I need to practice some more mm. so that I can perform. Because when somebody's paying you $20,000, I don't give a fuck about you having a toothache. You got into a fight with your old lady. The tour bus broke down. You can't none that, none of that shit, bro. Yeah. Get on stage. Get my twenty thousand dollars worth. Facts. So you know, in order to get to that level, and understand this as an artist, a lot of your immediate income once you have a hit record is going to come from shows. Correct. Almost all so of it. So your ass better. If you got to get up there and perform with sunglasses on, throw on some fucking Ray Bans, bro, and go Tom Cruise on their country ass. That's fine too, bro. Mm. But. Start slow. I don't say if you're an artist and you're not ready to perform, then you're in the wrong business. You know, write poems. But yeah, book. this is yeah. This is the wrong thing for you. People want to see a star. Chico, go Hurricanes. <laughs>